Welcome to another episode of the Hugh Knows Best Pod, where I'm going to give you the truth, nothing but the truth, well, as best as I can, so help me God. Today we have a special guest, Ms. Janita Hurden from Associated Bank. She is an expert on lending, and so we brought her in today to kind of give us some game on best practices when approaching anyone when you're looking for financing for your your residential property, whether it be a single family home or multifamily. So Janita, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. I think this is to be very helpful. I have some good tips and tricks to kind of help navigate through that process. So perfect, perfect, perfect. So, you know, a lot of my friends are buying homes, you know, mortgage rates are crazy right now. And everybody is kind of like wondering, like, you know, when is the, when is, when is everything going to go back to normal? Yeah. And we know that's not going <laughs> I know. And it, I mean, it's hard for, for us to, you know, as mortgage professionals to kind of predict that, you know, it's so many things that kind of go into play with the Fed and inflation and the bond rates. So, and no one can really know that unless you, you know, are, have psychic powers. But yeah. from what, you know, from what everyone is kind of saying, it's, we're hoping to have a little ease in rates over the next one or two years. But, and that's probably what I'm thinking. Unless something drastic happens and um, I, I really see the rates coming down in about one or two years. Okay. So with that in mind, like before somebody reaches out to you guys, mm-hmm. like whether you work for a bank, right? And so what should they be doing? What steps should they be taking? I mean, one, you want to be, you want to be mindful of credit, credit is the biggest thing and driving factor in that process. If you are trying to get a loan from any institution, a bank, a broker, credit is going to be the main piece. So checking your credit, getting a free credit report, you know, you can get an annual credit report, freecreditreport.com, seeing where you are, just being, just knowing what's on your credit. I get so many people working with a lot of first time home buyers that just don't know what their credit score is. So, you know, using those resources, there's always credit karma, there's experience, there's free resources that you can get to at least just monitor your credit. Right. And then you, at least, you know, so going into a conversation with a professional like myself, you can have a ballpark figure like, okay, my credit score is around this, right. around this number. Okay. Yeah, I know you talked. You spoke about those free websites. I also heard about my FICO, which yeah. will give you like your exact FICO score for like what you guys are looking for. Yeah, I always kind of recommend Credit Check Total as well. Okay, that's another one. I think you pay a dollar and they give you your scores, and they're pretty pretty accurate okay. to what we look because we because we, we look at the FICO score. So and each credit score has a different rating. So like a mortgage score would be different than like a car, like if you were buying a car. Right. So the credit score is going to be different when you pull for different things too. So, but we do look at all three scores. We use the middle of the three scores to qualify you. And, you know, like I know sometimes when you buy a car or getting a credit card, it's only one bureau that we're looking at. But for a mortgage, you want to be mindful and know all three scores. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. So... We talked about the credit score, but what yep. are like five things that you guys are looking at? Yeah. So I kind of go through and have this conversation with anyone that, that's doing a pre-approval. So it's going to be credit. We're going to be looking at payments. Mm-hmm. So what you're making monthly. So car payments, student loans, credit card minimum, minimum balances payments. Anything that you're making monthly, we will be looking at because that's how we determine your debt to income. Okay. Then income. What you're doing for work? Are you self-employed? Are you working a job? What's your history? Are you just getting out of school? Those are going to be, that's a big part of qualifying for the loan as well. Savings. 
do you have any money saved for a home? Because, you know, most programs require at least a three to 5% down payment. Right. So we're going to be looking at that bank statements, checking accounts, savings, retirement, anything that you might have. Where are we at? That's four. <laughs> That's I said credit, credit payments, payments, monthly payments, savings, savings. Five, let's see, two other things that you want to do before kind of coming from us, coming to us. I would say taking a home buyer workshop. Okay. I highly recommend that because if you are brand new to the process, taking one of those workshops, and there are a lot of free workshops with housing agencies, uh, HUD approved agencies that will give you like a, a three or four hour workshop and kind of just go through the basics with you. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's you get a you get to work with the housing counselor. If you're nervous about you know starting the process, that's a great way to kind of jump in. So I would say definitely taking a HUD approved home buyer education course. And then just talking to friends and family, okay. you know, just that people that might have just, you know, purchased a home recently. What were their experiences? What would they kind of suggest to you? You know, kind of going through all of those things, getting all those things kind of in a row. And then I feel like that would put you in a good position to be ready to get a pre-approval and start shopping for a house. For sure. I, I know, like, I just bought a house mm-hmm. or bought my condo here in Chicago. And because I'm in sales, mm-hmm. my they were like, okay, what do you make? I'm like, well, I make this. and then I, and then, But they pre-approved me based off of what I had made in the prior year and then yeah. got into the process because of we're in sales. It's a recession. Right. There's different things going on. So the beginning of the year, my numbers weren't tracking for what they were they pre-approved were for. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, well, we can't approve you for that. Right. So I think it's very important to understand, like, know what your ducks are in a row, like yeah. know what your money's going to be. Make sure that if you say you're going to make this, that it lines up at yeah. the end. Definitely for sure. Yeah. And I think that, you know, working with a good mortgage professional as well, because there's a lot of things that we can do up front. Mm -hmm. Like, especially if, you know, in your situation where if you were in sales and you were receiving commission, you know, that's something that we could, you know, we could look at up front and kind of have a good ballpark or we can do a full pre-approval for you. And and with that, it actually goes in front of an underwriter and you know exactly what you're going to be approved for. So there's no hiccups down the line. And I highly recommend that for a lot of my clients too. Let's go ahead. Let's do the pre-approval. Let's take a week, go through the process and it'll just make your life so much easier on the back end when you're actually trying to close another contract. Yeah. Pro tip, don't try to buy a house in 30 days, <laughs> less than 30 days before it's you a process. country. Yeah. Um, because, bro, that it was it was so crazy. Like, who I got approved with was like, nah, then I had to go get approval and get everything. Yeah. And, you know, the money's there, clearly, but they were like, nah. And so to that point, like, segue into that, like, I think... And you can tell me if I'm wrong here, but banks are a little bit, they're going to scrutinize your numbers a lot tighter than like maybe non-banks that are, you know, providing these loans. So, and it all kind of depends on your situation. So I I won't say that a bank is better than a broker or a broker is better than a bank. It depends on your specific financial situation and what type of loan that you qualify for. And that kind of goes back into your credit score and everything, like your past credit histories. You have bankruptcies and everything like that because a conventional loan might be a lot easier to qualify for versus a bank's FHA loan. So the FHA loan is going to be a government-backed loan. And a lot of times you're going to have to pay an upfront monthly premium and a monthly 
private mortgage insurance, where it's going to be more costly to get the FHA loan than it is a conventional loan. But depending on your financial background, say that you might have had a bankruptcy and you can only do an FHA loan, you might have to go that route. So each person is going to be different. And I get that a lot of times. Well, you know, somebody told me to do this type of loan, but your financial situation is not going to be the same as that person. So that's why you it's good to do that pre-approval so you know what is going to be best for you and it's going to get you to that closing table into your into your new house. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. But I think I think you just kind of like perfectly segued into like the next thing was like FHA versus conventional. Yep. Like, you know, could you kind of give the audience a little bit more like what's the difference? What, you know, what do people prefer? What would you do based off this scenario? Yeah, it, it really kind of depends. One, like I said, biggest thing is your credit profile. What's your credit score? Do you have any collections, judgments, bankruptcies, anything like that? Because that's going to determine whether you're going to be able to get a conventional versus a, a FHA loan. So say that you got the perfect world, 750 credit score. You got your down payment, never been late, never did you know anything like that. Most likely, you're gonna most likely you're gonna go with a conventional loan. Say that you you know credits a little bit lower, you know six hundreds, maybe you know had a bankruptcy, got some collections or something. We might have to just go FHA. Now, it can also depend on the property that you type of property that you're purchasing. So say that you want a condo, multi unit. A lot of times. You know, let's just say, let's start with the multi-unit. If you want to, FHA loan is going to be a great way for you to buy a multi-unit with a low down payment. So it's going to be three and a half percent versus if you went conventional, you will need at least 20% down. So in that situation, even if credit score and everything is good, it might be better for you to go FHA because you can get that multi-unit that you want with a low down payment. Okay. Now say that, let's go with condos. I will say a lot of condos are not FHA approved. So condos have to be specifically FHA. They have to go through a process that normally takes 90 days to get approved. So if going into this, they're not FHA approved, you have you might have to go conventional. Or if you can't go conventional, maybe the condo is not going to be the best type of property that you buy right now. So all of those things can kind of go into play as to you know where you're purchasing, what type of property if you're going to go FHA versus conventional, I won't say one is better than the other because it just depends on your financial situation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we, we really have to, a lot of the times I kind of weigh both options, especially if a customer qualifies for both. I show them the difference in payments because your FHA loan payment might be $100 or $200 more than conventional on the same property. Right. So do you want to go that route? You know, maybe it's if you put 5% conventional, you know, down payment on that, but versus 3.5% FHA, your payment's way different. It might be better to put that extra down payment to go conventional. Yeah, for sure. I think I was going through that process, especially when I had to switch mm-hmm. lenders and they're like, do FHA. I was like, bro, I don't, I like my broker is telling me that's going to take way longer than I I have time for. Yeah, I was staying at my friend's house in Bronzeville, mm-hmm. and she was coming back into the state from you know travel nursing, mm-hmm. and I was like, I got to be out of her house, and I'm about to go out of the country for like two weeks. Yeah. I don't really have time to go through this process. I need this house. Yeah, and I was like, I got the money. Like, I'm looking at my commission check for the end of the month. Like, it, we gonna be okay. Yeah. But yeah, no, I definitely understand that. Now, <laughs> and you know, maybe I'm telling the wrong person this, but like when I was, I think part of the process of what took me so long was I was shopping for rates, right? So I had both of my banks mm-hmm. competing with each other. And then I had a brokerage, mortgage broker mm-hmm. 
giving me rates. So like, tell me about that. Like, I know that's like, I, yeah, I know a lot of people doing stuff like that. I mean, but you know, I you know you're. You as a consumer have a right to shop around for rates. I mean, even me being in the industry, I would do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, why not? Because if you don't shop around with rates and if you just take whatever rate somebody gives you, then you just didn't do your due diligence as a consumer. Mm-hmm. So I do suggest it, you know, shop around for not just rates, shop around for programs because a program that I might have, somebody else might not have. Maybe you just got approved. You went to one lender or broker and they said, only loan I can give you is FHA with this rate. And this is what your payment's going to be. But you didn't come and talk to me. Maybe I have a specific program that I can get you approved for portfolio loans. You know, banks offer portfolio loans. And if you don't do your due diligence and shop around for those, it's no way that you would ever know about that. So I always highly suggest and say, you know, you know, I always, you know, but working with people, I, you know, my whole goal is to set you up for success. Right. So if I know of a program that might benefit you more, I might refer you to one of my colleagues because if I look at, you know, look at your profile and say, you know, yeah, maybe I can only get you FHA, but they got a great program for you. I would go ahead and, and suggest that over to you yeah. because if you don't know about it, if you're a first time home buyer, you know, so maybe you just don't know how to ask those questions and kind of go to different lenders and, and, and just know how to ask the right questions. So definitely you want to just shop around and, you know, just do an initial call with the lender and say, you know, what programs do you offer for a first time home buyer? What are the normal, you know, what are the average rates? You know, of course, we're going to want to do a full application to be able to give you a firm rate, but it's good to just kind of get a ball. You know, I suggest a call maybe three to five. Just so you know, you know, what's out there because in your community and your because there's different programs in maybe in that area that you're purchasing in. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I was shopping, they were, they were like, oh, you're in Chicago. Mm-hmm. There's there's like this program that's for like certain income. Yep. Of course, I didn't qualify. That's not even on practice. I get tired of not qualifying for things, whether it be student loan debt, whatever. Like you know, but I'm blessed in that, and and that I'm I don't qualify for some of those things, and people that actually need that help yeah. and assistance. I think that's very important, though, especially with stuff like NACA. Yeah, you know, they where you don't have to really do much other than give them a down payment. Exactly. And then you know, you know, different bank, like you said, different banks, different mortgage lenders have. Different, different programs, programs for, yeah, and right, different right. loans, and like you know, like one thing I because with working at an associated bank, I do a lot of it's called our care loan. Okay. So our care loan is a portfolio loan for first time home buyers. Okay, and it's three percent down with no PMI. That alone, getting rid of the PMI saves you. I'm tired of paying. PMI. Yeah, so you know, if you could get into a program like that with no PMI, but if you don't know, you know, if you don't shop around. How would you know about that program? Because you might have just went to someone else and they said, oh, with your credit score, I can only give you an FHA. But with our program, I can get you into that at 640 credit score. That's, you know, basically that's that's what you need. So I get a lot of people that, oh, I only got an FHA pre-approval. Right. And then I can get them into a conventional 3% down, no PMI. All because they maybe got referred to me or they shopped around. So okay. Like for those people that haven't bought a home yet, yeah. explain what PMI is. Sure. So private, it's private mortgage insurance that is required. If you basically, if you don't put twenty percent down, it's like an insurance for the bank. If you ever defaulted on your loan, that you would the bank would have security and be able to you know recover your loan. So it's required on 
basically all loans if you don't put 20% down. And it is basically calculated on your income, how much you put for your, you put for your down payment, how much monthly that's going to be. So okay. being able to not have that cost, like I said, I kind of give it, you know, on average, it can be anywhere from 50 to $200 extra a month in your payment, or even more than that, depending on how much your loan is and what your credit score is. So yeah. And this is kind of tangential, but like, what's the difference between like to a bank, like between me having a 650 or 700 and 750? Like why, why is that? Why does that really matter if I got the money? Because it's more risk for the bank. So with the lower credit score, it's more risk because, you know, maybe at the lower credit score, one, you have an established credit. So we don't have a history to show that you've been making payments on time. Or if your credit score is lower, maybe you missed some payments and the bank's seeing that. So that's why you might have a higher interest rate at a lower credit score where if you're at a 750, you're going to get the best interest rates. So and it, and it goes, it's tiered for most programs. It is tiered where, you know, your 750 score is going to get you a better interest rate than you were if you were at 650 yeah, or even sure. 700. Yeah. And like I've heard people say, like, because I bought two properties and they're like, well, this is the best rate I can get you at that credit score. Yeah. And you're like, okay. Yeah. So that's, that's very important to know. Now, we, I think we touched on this a little bit earlier, but like when you're buying a single family residence versus a duplex, triplex, fourplex, mm-hmm. uh, what have you, like, what is the difference in approaching that? I think you said like you gotta have twenty percent down, or you're gonna be on. Yeah, so um, it, it depends because, and if it's you know one, it's is it a primary residence? Are you gonna be living in there, or is it an investment property? So that's gonna be a deciding factor of how much down payment that you're gonna you know that you would need. So, and the reason that it's a higher down payment going to two, three, four units is because it's one more risk. That's how the bank assesses risk. So with us giving you a loan at what you know hundreds of thousands of dollars, we have to assess the risk to make sure that you can pay us back, right. and if you know that you can also say that you go and buy a four unit. Can you you know if you lost your job, are you able to maintain those payments? You know, like sometimes you even need reserves. So in opposed to just a down payment, you know anywhere from three and a half percent to up to twenty percent. So you also may need to have reserves. So sometimes it can be three to six months reserves and reserves are just going to be the monthly payment times three or times six. But then that would be your mortgage, taxes, insurance, everything times that amount that you have to have addition into your down payment. So you might need to have reserves as well, even on a single unit. Sometimes you might even need to show reserves on buying a single family home or a condo. So it's always just good to kind of, especially you want to show the bank any assets or anything you, you have when, when buying those properties. But just kind of pivot back to just the difference between, you know, buying a single unit versus multi-unit. When you are purchasing and we do a qualification for a two to four unit, we can use that rental income that you're going to make off of that property to qualify you for. So your approval amount on a single unit versus a four unit, your four unit is going to be way higher because you're going to be getting three unit, three rents coming in on that property if you're living in one. So your approval amount can be way higher on those too. So it just kind of goes back and, you know, into the qualification of what you kind of qualify for. Do you have the reserves? Maybe, you know, you don't need reserves on a two unit. Maybe you just want to do a two unit then, you know, maybe you don't have additional six months, but you can still get a building, you know, you can still have a tenant in there and you, and you live in another unit. So we kind of go through and we kind of assess all of those things, like as to what's going to be the best situation for you. And, and then if it's, say we want an investment property route. Now, I will I get this question all the time. How can I get a lower down payment on an investment property? 
the investment properties are they are the most riskiest. You're going to get the highest interest rates and the highest down payment on investment properties because if this is not your primary residence, you know, if you you have to be a landlord and you have to be a tenant, that's going to be the most risky loan that a bank is going to take because one, if you know, if you're living in there, I, I kind of feel like more people are like, okay, this is my home. Like, I'm going to make sure that things are up, you know, up to par. But make sure you're paying rent. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna make sure, and then like, if it's an investment property, it's like, okay, well, I got my place to stay. You know, maybe you're gonna let this go to the if something falls through. I'm, you know, you you want to get your I tenants in there. See in my trust. Exactly. I bankruptcy on it. Exactly. <laughs> so that's where it's more riskier, and and that's why the banks want twenty twenty five percent down. They want to see six months reserve. All you know to do, give this investment property and give you a higher interest rate. Yeah, I think. I think something that I've seen, I saw like, cause I spent a lot of time on Instagram trolling, mm-hmm. you know, finding, finding different things. And I think I heard like a DCR, DSRR loan, where basically like based on the rents, like you were saying, okay, you can get like a no down payment, whatever type of loan. Yeah. Well, I actually, that's the first time I've heard of that. <laughs> yeah. Share, yeah share that with me. Cause yeah. And I, I haven't, I, I know that you can use the word. I mean, that's kind of standard for any lender or anything, but that might be like a special program. I think sure. it is a special program yeah. for sure. For sure. All right. So, you know, you've given us a lot of information here, but like, tell us a little bit about you. Like what, what got you into this line of work? Like, yeah. So I've actually been in the mortgage industry for, it's going on 11 years. It'll be 11 years this year. I started out of college. I got a, I am a finance and econ major, but out of school. Where'd you go to school? I went to school, actually, Olivet Nazarene. So it's our South. Oh. And it's in Bourbonnet, Kankakee area. Okay. So I went there. And actually, when I got out of college, I was working at Victoria's Secret. I was a manager. A job's job. I it, exactly. For, I worked for a exactly. CPA out of college. <laughs> so right out of, you know, I have worked there during college. They offered me a management position. I went into that. I got a call one day from Chase. And they're like, hey, we're, we're hiring for mortgage processes. And I'm like... I work at Victoria's Secret. Like, I I don't know the first thing. I've never, I hadn't brought a property. I didn't know anything about a mortgage at that time. But I, I took the position and and it kind of just went from there. So I was I was a mortgage processor. I did operations for about like three years. From there, I went to be a mortgage assistant to a loan officer. And that's when it just opened my mind. Like, I didn't even know this existed. You know, like, I didn't even know that this is something that I can do. And I was very good at it, being an assistant for, for many years. And then I saw also, like, man, I'm making this guy all this money. <laughs> I can be making money myself. I can, you know. So I did. I was an assistant for a couple years as well for top producing loan officers. Uh-huh. And in the Chicago area and... From there, I'm like, this is this is what I want to do. You know, I want to have my own clientele. I want to work with people that look like me. You know, I want to help them achieve their goal and get into a house. So that's why I, I, spe- I specify in community lending because that's just, and that's what I've been doing for the last four years, helping to find programs. What can, you know, little necks and everything, what can you do to get into your house? Helping people that just think that they never could have bought a home actually buy their first home. So that kind of like is my whole driving factor of like why I really do this because at the end of the day, just, you know, helping, you know, that client that or helping that family that thought they could never buy a house, you know, really getting them into a house and helping them achieve their goal. is like all the all in be all for me. Like that just is like makes my day. Anything special going on at your bank that people yeah. should know about right now? So we do have a lot of programs. I know I kind of touched on our care program. That's the, that's the product that I use a lot. 3% down, no PMI. The way that we can, you can qualify for that is one, 
where the where you're uh, purchasing at. If the property is in a low or moderate income area and you don't own any other properties, you can buy that. You can use that program no matter what your income is. You can make a million dollars a year and you can still go and use that care program and buy a property 3% down, no PMI. You can also do a two unit on that program, 5% down, no PMI. So that's like our, that's our niche, that care program. We also have, a lot, we have grants. We partner with a lot of different organizations with grants. So directly from us, we give $7,500 to first time or repeat buyers. It's basically in Cook County, if your income is under 90,000, we give it to you and it's hundred percent forgiven at closing. You don't have to stay in the property a certain amount of time or anything like that. It's just basically a lender credit and you can use it for your down payment and your closing policy. So that's like our, that's our big thing. But we also have, we partnered with the Federal Home Loan Bank of Chicago with grants. So you could layer, if you qualify for multiple grants, you could layer it. I had multiple people this year that got 15,000 plus in grants for purchasing with our PATH grant with the Federal Home Loan Bank. And then we also are preferred lender with South Suburban Housing. They have a grant. So anything in the South Suburbs, Calumet, Dalton, Madison, all those areas, you could potentially get a grant up to 15000 for purchasing in those areas right now and combine it with our $7,500. So okay. I know that that rolled out end of March and they do still have funds available. From what I heard, they still had about 15 grants left and I've had four or five people that have gotten the 15000 like 10 or 15000 So okay. that's, a, that's a really good grant that I've been kind of like promoting and everything too. Because especially if you're buying in the South Suburbs, you should definitely try to take advantage of you getting that because... When you get that grant money, you can use that to buy down your interest rates. So, yeah. you know, you have money for a down payment. There's extra money left. Let's lower your let's lower your loan amount. Let's buy down your interest rate. If interest rate is like what's stopping you, yeah. this, that's a good way to use grants as a hack to kind of buy down the interest rate. Yeah, my, both of my properties I bought down already. Yeah. yeah. Like, and like I, I'm definitely going to refinance the, the last one I bought yeah. and get it down even lower. But like at the time when I bought my first house, I think... This is before like interest rates went way down in 2020. Mm-hmm. In like 2021, when it was like people was getting like threes. I think mine was like four, and I bought it down to like three and a half or something. Like, and that's a great rate. People would die to get a three and a half percent rate right now. Yeah. We're closer to at least seven percent. Yeah, as of I today, looked, I looked. Yeah, yeah, I looked over the weekend. It was like six, seven. Yeah, so like it jumped back up. Yeah, so it's 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 been teetering around that. It, it dropped, went down a little bit for. I want to say like March, April, it was down about 6%, but it's back up at least 6.8 to some, even seven and a half, depending on what your credit score is. Yeah. My friend was telling me like that, and that's like big boom time, especially up here because it's starting to get warm and people start closing. Like I was like yep. following so many properties on like Zillow yeah. and I, I kept getting notifications. This household, this old, this old, this old, this old. I was like, oh shoot, you wouldn't lie. I'm glad I got my house well before, oh, yeah. before the market went up and went crazy because the prices was going back up on, on those properties yeah. too. And I'm still seeing a lot of bidding wars on properties. I mean, it's, and it kind of just goes back to lack of inventory. It's just people, people need some, you know, people need to move. People need housing. So, you know, and if it's a good property that comes on the market, people have been waiting for, you know, it's properties are still getting 10, 12 offers right now, you know, even with interest rates over 7%. So, yeah. Well, I, I definitely thank you for coming in today. I know you got your busy lady. Got to let you get back to work. Hey guys, I know the process can be scary. It can definitely be tough for y'all, but you know, just stay the course, you know, take your journey, get your research in, do what you need to do to make sure that 
you know, you're educated and you're prepared as you go into the process. Tune in next week. We have the VP of lending from Milestone Financial Group, Terrence Terrell. So, you know, he'll be able to, you know, piggyback and probably give some more insight about this particular topic. So with that, I encourage you to be your best self because everybody's already taken. I wish you peace, patience, understanding, knowledge, wisdom, discernment, and health, strength, resolve. Till we meet again, be easy or not, but every choice has consequence uh, and every action has a reaction. Peace.